0: Well, hello, we are back again live. Welcome to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Uh, Just a little while ago, we went ahead and covered a proverb for today, Proverbs chapter 27. And that post is online as well, if you'd like to hear that. And now I am going to go ahead and jump on back into my reading of 1 Corinthians and we have come to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. So, like I always say, if you are in a position where you can do so, please go ahead and open your Bibles up there to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and we're going to go ahead and read and see what it has to say for us today. So, verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. The Apostle Paul, let me remind you before I start reading here, actually, that the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of believers. These are people that have professed to be believers in Jesus. They have formed the church in the city of Corinth, and um, where Paul is their apostle. And uh, he planted that church, and he's helping that church, and here he is teaching them and instructing them. Now, all of these years later, as you as you and I sit here as believers in Jesus Christ, we have these words written to us that we can receive as instruction as well as to how the Lord Jesus wants us to live. Now, where did the Apostle Paul get his authority? to do what he did. Well, he got it from Jesus himself. Uh, You can go and you can read in the book of Acts about the life of the apostle Paul. Paul was a man who was anti-Christ. He was against Jesus. He was against the believers in Jesus. He didn't like what the believers in Jesus were doing, what they were saying. And uh, he was vehemently against them and going after them. But lo and behold, he met Jesus. Jesus appeared to him, knocked him down, caused him to go blind, spoken to his life and told him what his life was now going to be about from that moment forward. So he is the Apostle Paul. The Lord Jesus used him and spoke through him. And like I said here, he wrote this letter to the Corinthian church on instructing them on how they should live if you didn't listen to any of the previous teachings they're all available online on uh, many different podcast platforms you can find us under a love outreach or you can go to our youtube channel and watch some of the teachings there Um, but All that being said, I'm going to go ahead and read verse one as Paul talks to these believers in verse one of chapter eight. He says, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So he's going to be dealing with this topic here of, Food, what people are eating. You'll see as I go on that that's what he's going to talk about. I'm reading, by the way, from the New King James Version of the Bible here. But he's going to go talk about what people are eating and how they're offering up to idols and what it means to them. And he says, we know in verse one that we have knowledge. He's saying we know that we have the knowledge of Christ. And I'll expound on that as we go on here just in just a minute or two. But he says, but be careful, he says, because knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. You see, sometimes you can go through life behaving in such a manner where when, you know, those people that might be, someone might say, they think they know it all, right? We don't want to have that said about us, right? And I'm sure that many times in life, all of us may have slipped up in that area where we act like a know-it-all, right? Because knowledge can puff up. You might think, oh, I have a bit of knowledge that you don't have. I know what you don't know. And then some people get very boastful with that and get very loud and proud of what they know. But Paul is pointing out here, hey, that's not the way of love. That is not the way of love. Love edifies. That's what love does. Love seeks to edify people around you. That's what love does. It doesn't tear down it's not, you know, coming in with a wrecking ball. We have to, we have to realize. Paul's saying here in verse one of, of uh, First Corinthians eight. Yeah, we have knowledge. We have knowledge of Jesus. We know the truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? We know the truth, but that knowledge—you got to be careful. Don't let knowledge make you arrogant. Don't let knowledge make you proud because that's not what love does. Love edifies okay and then he goes on in verse two and if anyone thinks that he knows anything he knows nothing yet as he ought to know so um those who think they know things right or think they know everything or even think they know something you know they're not in a position and if and and like i talked about earlier when when we went through the proverb study for today um we 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 need to be a humble people. look at how Jesus was. All you have to do is read the New Testament to see the life of Christ and how he was, and know that that's what God calls us to be like. We are to be like Christ. Okay. We are Christians. That's what a true Christian is. And yes, I know there are many people out there that use the name Christianity or fall under the banner of Christianity, but yet they do not live in love. They do not live in the kind of love that Jesus displayed and the kind of love that the apostle Paul, who is talking about here, um, You know, when it comes to how we deal with those around us that are weak in their in their faith, weak in their beliefs, thinking that an idol is something. Watch when we go on here. He says, But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. That's a key statement right there. A person that loves God, and a person that is living out that love in the world is the person that is known by God, because God is love. Okay. And remember, what did we read in verse one? Love edifies. Yes, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So then he says, now he's going to get into his topic here in verse four. He says, therefore, he says, with all that being said, therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that idols are nothing in the world and that there is no other God but one, right? There's only one God, the creator of all, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever will believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. The God who became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. There's one God. And that's it, right? And we know this. But again, we don't take this knowledge of this and go around and beat other people up who are weaker in their faith, thinking that there is power in an idol. There are people still, of course, on the earth today that believe there are power in idols Things that they worship, maybe statues, statues, or maybe even mountains or structures or, or things like that. We know that we are to 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 um, worship God and worship God only, right? So, but again, we need to present this to others in love. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He says in verse five, he concedes this. He says, for even if there are so-called gods, right, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords. Now think about that, right? We know that people do believe in many different gods, and people may call other things their Lord. People may worship idols or mountains or the stars in the sky, whatever it may be. And, and they, um, that's all they know, right? He says in verse 6, and he's speaking to the Christians here, the born-again Christians of the city of Corinth, And he says, yet for us, there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all are all things, and through whom we live. So he's pointing out, he's making it specific here. He's saying, yes, in verse five, yes, there are people that say, this is my God, that is my God, this is my Lord, that is my Lord. There are people that that worship things and they don't even call it God. Maybe they worship money. Maybe they worship their possessions, their homes, their cars, the cash they have, whatever it might be. To them, it is an idol. It is their God. Is what they focus their attention on. It's what they're all about, right? But we know that there's just one God, Paul's saying, and we know that there's Jesus Christ, right? And that's it. And then in verse seven, right, he goes on to say in verse seven here, um, however there is not in everyone that knowledge. In other words, everyone hasn't come to that knowledge of who Jesus is yet. Some people are still blind to this. Some people don't know this yet, right? So he says, however, there's not in everyone that knowledge. For some with conscious, consciousness of the idol until now, they eat it as a thing offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled, right? So some people sacrifice things to other gods, and they're being defiled by that. They're being made weak by that because they do not possess the knowledge of who the true God is, right? And then in verse eight, he goes on to say, but food does not um, commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse? He said it has nothing to do with food. Who we are as living souls, how we worship God, has nothing to do with what we eat, Paul is saying. Nothing at all to do with that. Okay? So, yes, we, we need to we're supposed to make wise decisions on what we eat. We don't just destroy our body with bad food, right? We're not supposed to anyway, right? But yet, when we're talking about God, when it comes to the topic of God and knowing God, knowing God through Jesus Christ, um, food has nothing to do with it, okay? But yet, some people think it does. So, what do we do? Again, go back to verse one. We need to edify them. We don't need to put them down. We don't need to berate them. We don't need to say, hey, you know, You're weak, hey, you're this, hey, you're that, although the Apostle Paul here is just pointing out to the Christians that, yeah, they are weak because they don't know the truth. He says, but beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. Verse 10, he says, for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? So you see, it does matter how we live and how we portray our lives to other people around us. Are we living in a manner that is holy? Are we living in a manner that is righteous? Are we standing for the things of God? Look, Paul's saying in this case here, it doesn't matter what you eat, okay? But if someone else thinks that it matters what you eat, and maybe they're on the verge of becoming a Christian and they're not quite strong in the faith yet in Jesus Christ. They've not yet maybe come to the knowledge of Jesus at all. You don't want to use this liberty to make them stumble. Remember, the goal of the Apostle Paul, the goal of Scripture, the goal of God the Father is that people would be saved. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life and have everlasting life through faith faith. In Jesus Christ, and that's the goal. So Paul is dealing with these Christians here on this topic in the city of Corinth, and he says, "Because of your knowledge, shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died." In other words, if they say, "You know, wow, look, look at him—he's he, doing that; she's doing this, or she's doing that, whatever the case may be." And, you know, I'm going to do this too. And it leads them away from Christ, farther away from Christ. So we need to live in a manner that leads people to Christ. He says, but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. So he's pointing out here, hey, love edifies. Think of others around you. Consider others around you Better than you as Jesus did. Live as Jesus did. He says, therefore, in verse 13, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. You see, so maybe there was a problem in this time of people offering their meat to idols. That's what it was. They were sacrificing their meat to idols. And Paul's saying, I'll avoid meat altogether. If it's going to cause someone else to stumble, if it's going to keep them from coming to Christ, keep them from coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, well, then I'll, I'll just avoid it altogether. Do you see how devoted, how committed Paul was here to serving the Lord? And that's the key. That's the key thing. How committed are we today to serving the Lord? trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, doing everything as unto him, making sure that we're loving others around us. Verse one there again says that love edifies. Yes, knowledge puffs up, right? And sometimes people can gather so much knowledge and they're constantly searching out new things and finding things. Excuse me, I didn't put my phone on silent again. But anyway, people are doing that, and then they're wanting to show this knowledge off to everyone else in a boastful and an arrogant way. And in so doing, um, they're just driving people away. They're driving people away from Christ. Again, the goal is to bring people to Christ. That's God's goal. He, he, he's in Christ, redeeming the world unto himself. And people need to come to faith in Jesus and have that knowledge, but not everyone does. And if you are a mature Christian, you need to understand that, that not everyone has that knowledge. And the way that you live your life should be a way of love, because love edifies. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Whatever the case may be, as I always say, if you have any questions, go ahead and feel free to reach out to me via email, dave at aloveoutreach.com. Go to our website, aloveoutreach.com. Fill out the contact form there. I'll get that email as well. However you want to do it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer any questions or help you along in your life in Christ. And if you're someone that hasn't come to Christ and you have questions about that, you have questions about God, I'd love to be able to do my best to help you with that as well. But once again, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. God bless.